0: Welcome. Today, Pastor Tim wraps up his series on heaven, and there are a number of questions we have about heaven. Some are more important than others. Listen in as we answer urgent questions about heaven from 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 12. Here's Pastor Tim. Thank you so much. You can have a seat. God is good, isn't he? I mean, all the time. That's right. You know, what a good reminder today, even, uh, that's, a, that's a good way to kind of keep going from the moment I saw Sonny Benton, there he is, when I saw Sonny Benton walk in today, he's got a shirt on that says, God is good, and all the time, and all the time God is good, isn't it? Um, during, this, during this summer, we have been looking at uh, several different kinds of passages that deal directly with heaven and uh, through that time you've asked some really good questions some of you've asked some really hard questions and uh, some good questions some important questions those are the kinds of questions that we like it means that it means that you're listening that's a that's a bonus you know <laughs> it means that you're interested it means probably that you're studying a little bit on your own and so i like those questions that are coming Whereas there are a lot of good questions, there are a lot of important questions, what I want to focus in on today are the urgent questions. There are some questions that I I can't necessarily say that they're more important than other questions, but I can certainly say that these are questions that are more urgent than some others, and I just want us to take them a, a verse at a time, and we'll skip around a little bit in your Bible today. In fact, if you want to go ahead and start with me in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, that's going to be our first stopping point today. So while you're turning there, let me give you the question. Question number one. Question number one is, will a person get a second chance at the gospel after the rapture? Now you got to have all parts of that question for us to really deal with that question. Because if we're just asking about a second chance at the, at the gospel, then yes, God gives second chances. He gave Jonah a second chance. He gave me a second chance. In all likelihood, there are people that are sitting out right here. You say, "Well, he gave me a second chance and a third chance <laughs> and a fourth chance." You know, he he does continually do that. But when you add in after the rapture. So, so let, me, let, me, let me back up just a little bit. We know that when the rapture takes place, we learned this last week, right? When the rapture takes place, and it could happen at any moment because there's nothing else that's standing in the way, there's nothing else that the Lord has to do except come back and get His church, right? So as soon as that takes place, that ushers in what we refer to as the tribulation period, seven years of God pouring out His wrath, on the earth, and some of those things that we read about there in the book of the Revelation. In the process of, of, uh, of that tribulation, the Antichrist will be revealed, and you're going to get to see that in your passage today. So, so if a person, here's your real-life scenario that's, that's bound to happen. A person hears the gospel, and for whatever reason, they say, No, I'm not ready. Uh, you know, it's not time, there's some other things I want to do, I, I, do, I don't believe it, you know, whatever. For whatever reason, they say no. And then the Lord comes back for his church. The question I'm dealing with is this. That person who said no, do they get another chance later? Will, will there be somebody maybe in our congregation who says, you know, really, I mean, deep down in my heart, I I mean, I really know it. I I know I've never really given my heart to Jesus. I mean, in fact, I've been a little bit skeptical about those kinds of things. You know, I'm skeptical about your preaching, for for example. So if the rapture takes place, Tim, and you're gone, then I'm going to go ask Sean. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go ask Sean if these things are true. And when I discover that that really was the rapture of the church and it's not some alien abduction you know, that's taking place, then I'm going to to know it's true. And I'm going to give my heart to Jesus. I'm sorry, but you won't. I mean, the short answer to the question, will a person get a second chance at the gospel after the rapture, the short answer is no. But let me show you how I know. You're there in Second Thessalonians chapter one. Uh, let's look first in verse number one because I want you to see this. I think I think this first opening phrase is important. He says, "Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him." That's the rapture of the church, right? And that's what we studied last week. It's the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together with Him. So the context of chapter number 2 is the rapture has taken place. Now what? Okay? So let's skip down to verse number 9 because so, we said it's the tribulation period, the Antichrist is going to be there, and that's who we see first in verse number 9. The coming of the lawless one. We're just going to walk through these verses. The coming of the lawless one. The lawless one is the Antichrist. He's the one that's referred to as the son of perdition. He's the one that Jesus was referring to when he prayed, and he said, Father, I've not lost any that you've given to me except the son of perdition, there he's talking about Judas, that the Scripture might be fulfilled. So Judas becomes a picture of the Antichrist that's to come. That's who he's talking about, the lawless one. The coming of the lawless lawless one, is according to the working of Satan. This is not just just a political figure. This is not just someone of power. This is someone that Satan himself has given power to, and you'll get to see that in the very next phrase. He is, Adrian Rogers called him Satan Superman. He is Satan's substitute for the Messiah. You don't want to believe in Jesus, you don't believe in him as the Messiah, you don't want to follow him, then I'll offer you this. You ever notice how Satan loves to offer substitutes? He loves to take what God gives to us and says that is good for our good, for his glory, and Satan steals that an idea and gives those things to us himself or offers us promises that really are more like a balloon. I mean, you pop them and there's nothing in there, right? Okay. Look at the end of verse number nine coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. And this is what Satan gives to this man. All power, signs, and lying wonders. He's going to be able to do stuff. He's going to be able to do stuff convincingly. He's going to be able to perform miracles that the world is going to look at and see and go, oh my goodness, this man, this is our deliverer. This is the leader that we've been waiting for. This is the one that we want. But did you notice this? Yes, he's going to be able to do miracles. That's that word signs that you have there. But look at the very last phrase. They're lying wonders. They're lying wonders. They're empty. They're vain. They're, they're trying to get you off the real subject and onto his subject. Now, look at that. Since it's lying wonders, look in verse number 10. He says, And with all unrighteous deception, all those signs, all those miracles, all those wonders, all the greatness of this man who just rises to the cream of the crop around the world and people around the world just applaud him and think that he is the best thing ever. You know? It's deception. It is unrighteous, evil deception. The devil is going to try to fool the world. And it's going to work. Look at why it works. He says, with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, who are they? They're the ones who said no to Jesus. They're the ones who said no to Jesus and got left behind. You say, Tim, are you sure that that's really who that is? Well, look at the next phrase. He says, among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. They heard about the love of God. They heard about the love of Christ. They were ministered to by a church. They were prayed for by a mother or grandmother. They were loved in good Christian love so that they might be persuaded to give their hearts to Jesus and they would not. It says they would not be saved. And thus they are perishing. And it's a terrible thing. Okay? But it hasn't got worse yet. Here it comes. Let's pick up the next sentence in verse number 11. He says, and for this reason, what reason? Because they wouldn't receive Jesus. Because they wouldn't be saved. For this reason, God will send them strong delusion. Now I have to tell you, that phrase, I have a little bit of, I mean, in my own spirit, I, I don't like that phrase. You know? God will send them delusion. Well, not just delusion, he'll send them strong delusion. Do you remember... Um, the, the, two, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus after the resurrection. You know, Jesus shows up, he's walking right there with them, and, and Jesus says, You know, well, hey, what are you people so sad about? And they're saying, Where have you been? You yeah, know, have you been under a rock? And he said, No, I've been behind one. <laughs> no, he, he said, Don't you know what's going on in Jerusalem? You must be the only person that didn't know what's been happening. They didn't recognize him, did they? Until he revealed himself to them. Remember, remember uh, Martha in the, in the garden itself after she discovers that the tomb is empty, finds Jesus, thinks he's the gardener, and says to him, If you've hidden his body, just tell me, I'll go get it. You know? She didn't know it was him until he called her by name. He will send them not a lie, he just sends them delusion. Your ability to believe the faith that you have and that you exercise in Christ, you need to know that that's a gift from God Himself. He has gifted you to believe. In this day, He will not. He will send them strong delusion, for what reason? That they should believe the lie. What lie? It's the lie of the Antichrist. It's the lie, the same lie that goes all the way back to the garden. Did God really say God didn't mean that. Oh no, that's not gonna happen to you. The, the, the Bible's not true. You know, you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna be like God, you're gonna be your own God. That's the lie. And people will believe it. Look at verse number 12. That they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure. In unrighteousness. You know, one of the most beautiful verses in Romans begins, chapter begins by saying, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But it's about belief, isn't it? You know, in John 3:16, you know that verse, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, right? You keep going. He says. Son of God did not come into this world to condemn this world. He came into the world that the world might be saved. Keep going another verse. He says, those who believe, who, those who believe are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already. So my unbelief just continues me down this path of destruction continues me down this path of being lost forever and forever and forever. So, if I come to a point in my life and I hear the gospel, I recognize the gospel, and I say yes to Jesus, I mean, that's, I don't continue down that line. But if I say no to Jesus, I just keep going. And what I hope is, is that sometime before the rapture comes, He gives me another chance. Because once that rapture takes place and he takes that church out, it says they will not believe. They will believe the lie. 144,000 are going to be saved, Jews, during the tribulation. A whole innumerable number of Gentiles are going to be saved during the tribulation. Who are those people? Where do they come from? Some of them will be Born during the tribulation. You know, so they'll be kids. Some of them will have been kids when the rapture took place. Some of them will be people from areas of the world that's never heard before. And they'll be left behind and they'll hear. The Bible says that those hundred and forty-four thousand Jews are gonna become the hottest evangelists that's ever been in the world. They're gonna scatter everywhere and share the gospel, and people are gonna hear them and believe, and they're gonna be saved. That day ain't come yet, has it? We live in a day right now where the door is wide open, where the whosoever will may come. And God's offering mercy and grace to anybody who wants it. In fact, the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus even told a parable about a master who wanted to fill his house for this great party. And when people wouldn't come and they kept saying no, they kept saying no, they kept saying no. He said, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be full. That's what he desires. He desires for heaven to be full. So don't be casual about a decision to follow Christ. Don't be comfortable with where you are. Invite Christ into your heart and into your life. Join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message, Urgent Questions About Heaven. Do you know Jesus as your Savior and Lord? Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.